0: Sleep. What happened? Y'all happy to be here, Swing? So right? yeah. Come on! You're not a thousand rules. Number one, once you're here, you're? Here! Number two, no fighting, cursing, threatening, gang affiliation, or thugs? No thugs, you want somebody to have a thugs? Aye!
1: Come on, I don't
0: cell
2: phone, No, I you got a cell phone, uh, I don't know, you got a cell phone, you Kito? Know? No? All right. Everybody
0: turn them off, okay? Number five, no PDA. Six inch rule. None of that. None of that. None of that, all right? Number six, respect the leaders and... Okay. Number seven, live life. So Adam's not here yet, so I can talk to you for a little bit. What can we talk? Stand up. Oh, I yeah. oh, okay, I don't want to talk. So I'm gonna open up prayer, up to the Okay. Stand up. Stand up. <laughs> okay, stand up. Have to say to yourself. Stand
2: up. You awake? You awake, man? You look tired over here. Okay. Who's not going to be here? Let's try this again. <laughs> That was a
0: little too She's trying to shatter glass. Okay, try number seven again. Live life! Jesus! Live life! Jesus! Live life! Live life. Oh.
2: Okay. I don't know what they're doing right now, but it's okay. I'm gonna open us up to prayer, okay? Father God Lord, this time of worship that we're about to have, Lord Jesus. Let us just grow more and more in you with every passing moment that we are here in your presence, Father God, Lord. Let us just love you more and more and just get lost in your glorious name, Lord Jesus. In your heavenly name I pray. Amen. Come on up for worship. Come on, come on. The person next to you, come on, let's go.
0: Come on, come on up.
2: Yo, one two one two, y'all can hear me out there. Ah, uh, no, now y'all can't hear me. Yo, can y'all hear me out there? Can, I get some, or can you raise me up in just the mains a little bit? One two one two. Hallelujah. Today is Friday, y'all. Today's the Lord's day. Look, you never say today is God's day. It's God's day. you others say don't ruin it. Oh, come on now, let's not ruin it. Amen, guys. This is the house of the Lord. The number one rule when we get into worship, the number one rule is what? To worship God. Can I get an amen? Come on now. This first song is called Happy Day. I just wanna. I just before I start, I know what I'm talking about. I got. I've seen the song already. I come from an old school like Hispanic church. Anybody ever grow up in an old school Hispanic church where they spoke Spanish and nothing but Spanish? Yeah, Yeah, she went to my church. This is a song they used to sing it. Este es el día, este es el día que hice, Señor. It's just like that. That's it, that's it. But we're not singing that song, hallelujah. <laughs> ah, woo! This first song is called Happy Day. One, two, one. Three.
0: wash my sin away Oh, happy day, happy day, can I never be the same? Oh, happy day, happy day, You wash my sin away? Oh, happy day, happy day, and I'm going to sing the greatest day. The greatest day in the story, death is beating, you have rescued me. Sing it out, Jesus is alive, Cause the empty day, like eternal, you have one better. Shout it out, Jesus is alive, but well, he's alive. Don't sit So oh, happy day, happy day, you wash my sin away.
2: y'all know something's so whenever I stop it I can't even hear you I need your eyes to sing so this is what I want you to do this is going to be exercise lift up your hands like this and go oh, oh! oh! Wow. Perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> lift your hands to the side and go hey you're hey! hey! calling somebody hey! Hey! hey all right so these are the two motions. That's so loud, on the count of three. One, two, three. Oh! Yeah! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lift it to the side. Hey. Hey. Alright, we just warmed up our vocal chords, alright? So I uh, want Victor to help me out. We're gonna sing this chorus and make sure we got it right. So we say, oh, happy day, alright? I count of three. One, two. I wanna hear you guys sing it. And oh happy day, happy day. you are familiar? Happy day, happy day, you walks supposed in low, And oh, happy day, happy day, you walks my to sing Oh, happy day, happy day, will never be the
0: same. Oh, happy day. Right,
2: y'all got it? Y'all got it? Yes. All right, all right, all right. Look to there, if they ain't singing it, they're going to go, hey! If they ain't singing it, all right, all right, try it. On three, one! Single, it half. Here we go. And oh, happy day, happy
0: day, you washed my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day, can I never be the same? Oh, happy day, happy day, you washed my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day, day. won't sing the greatest day. Sorry, death is beating, you have rescued me Sing it out, Jesus is alive The empty cross, the empty grave Life eternal, you have won the day Shout it out, Jesus is alive Well, he's alive where well, goes, yeah
2: looking at me, we want God to come in our hearts, and right now, just make that decision right now in your mind and in your heart, that God, I'm going to allow you in this right here, because I am messed up, I'm coming here with some problems, I'm coming here with some things, God, I don't have everything together, my family may be falling apart, they're always getting your fights, God, I know that you are able, right now, make that decision that you're going to let them in today, you're going to allow them to speak to
0: you, you're gonna allow Him to speak to those storms in your life just because He loves you. That person called Jesus. Come you on, know, He's alive and well. Come on. If you believe it in this place, just stick your hands in here right now. If you believe it in this place, just say Amen.
2: Oh, come on, say Amen. Father, we come here to worship you. We come here to seek Your face
0: the highest praise. Pressing right now, my
2: stuff about him, how he loves him, but I never felt that. I knew that he loved me. I had it convinced, but I never had an experience, an encounter with God. And I was just going off of what I knew. And sometimes if you just go off of knowing that God loves you, without ever experiencing feeling that love, you'll run dry. You'll run dry and Christianity is going to be so lame. But the day that I came to Jesus and I experienced his love, and it wasn't just us singing loud where everybody gets loud, and you kind of can't hear your neighbor, so you think, oh, that must be God's love. I can't hear myself sing, so. But I, I said, God, come into my heart. I'll open it up to you. God, I repent for putting things before you. It's one of the reasons why I couldn't feel you. I started loving something else more than I loved you. God, I repent from putting this relationship with so-so and so before you. And I started getting rid of some of these things that you were know, blocking. And then I just came to God, God, here I am. Fill me up. If, you, if you're there, just fill me up. And I just felt love. And God I just coming to heart. He poured it out. And it was this. I just had a revelation of Jesus when he died on the cross and it broke me. Tears started coming down my face because that same Jesus at that very moment became alive. It wasn't just one thing I read, but he came and spoke into my heart. It was the thing out of my mind. It consumed my thoughts. And am just like, oh my gosh, Jesus, do you love me this much? And just in an audible voice within my own head, just yes. I just started to weep. My encouragement is this. The song is talking about letting go of your heart, letting go of your head. It's exactly what we want. These songs of worship. Just let go of it. Let go of your agendas. Let go of your status. I'm telling you, God's love is the greatest, the best thing you will ever experience in this life. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will pour out your love. In the name of Jesus, pour it out, God. If you want it, just an attitude of prayer. If you want this same anointing, just lift up your hands. You don't have to raise your hands. You're not doing it for me. But if you want to, just raise up your hands right now. If you're saying, God, I want this, pour it out. Pour it out. I say, God, pour it out on me. Just ask Him in your own words. do just do it because I'm saying it. It's all from your own heart, from your own mind. saying, say, pour it out, God. going to get loud right now in this, or worse, or sometimes we, we get loud, we think that's God and I want us to understand that God he's, he's an awesome God um and we don't need loud music to feel anymore to know he's here he's a spirit just take the next couple of moments these next couple of moments to pour it up pour it up God I pray that you pour it And I pray that you fill them up, God. Fill them up. just want you to hold on. I want you to teach you something that was taught to me. We're going to get really spiritual right now. Hallelujah. We're in a church. We're praising God. He's a spirit. We're going to get really spiritual. We're just going to wait on God. I was taught that. I was taught to wait for God. You're not. We're not just a servant. We can deem God in. God, you're going to come when I want you. This is how I want it. With fries on the side. You want it like this. You can come on this day and exactly like this. No, this is his time. With our agendas on the side. Say, God, move. We want you to speak. If you're new at this, if you have no idea what's going on, I just one way you can participate and feel God, is just by closing your eyes and just say, God, I want you to move. Whatever they got, whatever you're doing to them, do to me. And just open up your heart to it. Open up your heart to it. Father, pray that you would speak words right now. Pour out your love, God. Pour out your love. Make it real to us. Make it real to us, God. We desire it in this place. We desire it in this place. You are holy. You are awesome. There is no one like you. None can compare. Father, none can compare to your great works. None can compare to you, Jesus. The love that you have by dying on a cross, come speak to us. Spirit of God, come and speak. to your seats. We're just going to go ahead and move into our service right now. I I just feel a need to do that. Just right now, where you're at in your seats, right now, just close your eyes. Where you're at right now, just close your eyes in your seats and say, God, come on, repeat after me. Say, God, God, reveal to me Jesus. Reveal to me your Holy Spirit. believe it, Go ahead and just say amen with me, please. Amen. Um, well, welcome to church. Uh, generally, after service or after worship, we go ahead and break our breakups, uh, life groups rather. We do our announcements, we do everything, but you know, sometimes I just feel leading just to go ahead and just go right into what we have um, um, for this very purpose. Um, it's, it's, to, uh, it's to keep that that sensitivity is to keep that. Out. That's just that atmosphere of what God is doing in this place, and um, you know, when I say things like that, it may sound. But what is he talking about? The atmosphere? The Bible says that where two or three are gathered, there He is. There the Spirit of the Lord is. And uh, and certain times God loves to come when we worship. God just loves to bring his presence down in a place and speak to people and speak to people and just it's, it's thick it's just, it's just it's thick I can I can tell you stories of of how sometimes in worship people are just worshiping God and then the spirit of God will just come on people they'll just start prophesying speaking in tongues some amazing things happening. Pastor Joe went um, about a month and a half ago down to a church in uh, Indiana. And at this church in one of the pastors' office, there was a painting of, of the Twin Towers. And there were people, faces, all different kinds of nationalities. And there was fire in the back. But I think somehow there was like a heart or something around there. And that painting of the Twin Towers going down what happened, took place a week before the terrorist attacks. Someone in a worship service, when we're worshiping, singing, singing praise to God, they have this ministry where they have people come up to the front and they have this canvas and people are just painting. And it's just a form of worship and expression. They're painting And this person paints the Twin Towers going down and fire people around the heart of the Lord. A week. A week. Before the terrorists came. Now, I don't want to get into to that topic of 9/11, but I'm just saying how how God's spirit can lead people in a time of worship. Can lead people. They had no idea what they were painting, but they were just praying. God, I pray that you save people. I pray that you know you would lead America. They were just praying. Amazing things happening in worship. I remember some awesome testimonies that in a time of worship, testimony at S-U-M, they were worshiping God and they're praying to Jesus, right? And they're just at a time of soaking where the music's just playing like we were doing right now and they're just praying, praying, praying. And they started praying for healing for one another. How many of you guys believe that God still heals today?
1: Amen.
2: They just started praying for healing. Like, God, I pray that you would heal so and so from this and this and this. And there's just one person with glasses. Now if you have glasses or you have any form of like eyewear, just raise your hand by a show of hands. I got, I'm wearing contacts too. Can someone give me a bottle of water for me please? And they were praying and not everybody in that place got healed. This one, uh, this one student comes out of there. <laughs> this is the best part. They're praying for her for healing for her eyes because she's wearing glasses, right? Check this out. They're praying for healing, she's wearing the glasses. You know, God, I pray that you would heal her. God, I pray that you would do great works in the prophet. I just pray that you would heal her in Jesus' name. And she opens up her eyes. She has the glasses on. She can't see with the glasses on. It's fuzzy. She's like, "What in the world?" She takes off the glasses, her glasses, and she can see 20/20. Sure enough, she goes to the doctor. Reports it. It's good. Healed. I actually had testimony. I was actually there. We had a healing crusade. Thank you so much and uh, we were just worshiping God and we said, man, we want to pray for you guys we want God to move and this is the spirit of God God this one young lady had tore uh, a ligament right here you guys know your body's in your joints you can feel around in your elbows and probably your wrists there's tendons things that keep your wrists together otherwise it would just be wobbly like you would have a hand it's just like these tendons, these muscles are strong enough so you can do these kinds of motions she snapped that she snapped that She was going to go into for surgery The next week she was in a boot A removal boot And then she was, it was wrapped up And she was doing a play But she fell off the stairs Messed herself, snapped She was going to need surgery She was going to go into surgery Before she went into surgery She goes into the, the, the healing crusade And they get on their knees And they're just like I pray for healing in Jesus' name I pray for healing God heal her Heal her they took someone, God heal her right now Healing Healing in her body you know, Jesus said this, he says, when you pray, you know, ask your father in heaven who is in heaven. You don't go boasting, God, do this, you know, do. but you ask his will, you ask, you know, the things of God and, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. So that's how I would say, God, I want it to be on this earth the same way as in heaven. In heaven, there's no diseases. Hello? In heaven, there's no such thing as cancer. Today the earth, there's the book, we're finding a cure for cancer. We're finding a, for all these diseases, a cure, the cure, the cure. There is no sicknesses. There is no death in heaven. Amen. Amen. So we're praying God on earth as it is in heaven. And we declare that there is healing. Her body is whole. And Father, we declare for her. This girl uh, gives a testimony. Because uh, we have a time of testimony people that got healed. She comes up there barefooted with the other shoe on. She's crying. We're like, oh my gosh, she's walking. Look at her go. She gets to the stage and she's crying. And she's jumping. We're just like, oh my gosh, she just got healed. And she shares the testimony. She just gets on that thing. She's like, God healed. Crying. God healed me. She's jumping. And she goes like this. Let everybody know. Hey, look, this thing is healed. That ligament that was snapped. Look. I'm walking out. Healed. I love that. I love that. I don't like talking about that stuff because it builds up faith. That's the same God that we serve. And in these times of worship, we, we ask to say, hey, God, you know, make us sensitive. We want that. God, if it's my lack of faith, deal with me now, but God, I want it. I want it. Did you know there's a part in the Bible where Jesus said he could not do many miracles because there was a lack of faith? Matthew 13. The Bible says that and he could not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. So I want to encourage you by speaking faith in this place. I have something to talk to you about, but I just wanted to share that because we move from worship into this. So during this time, you say, God, speak to me. That same God who spoke, that same God who led the Israelites out of Egypt, that same God who led Daniel when he was in the lion's den, that same God who was with the disciples on the day of Pentecost, I want that God to speak to me. I want to know that God in an intimate way. Amen? Um, This month, uh, we're changing gears. Uh, We have a new focus. We're talking about uh, evangelism. And we're talking about God's, that same God that we experience here, that same God that heals people, that same God that saves people, going out to the streets and meeting people. And uh, I have a couple of things that I'd like to share today. I'm actually talking about reaching my neighbor in relationships. And it's no coincidence, okay, that we're going and talking about this in relationships. We want a relationship with God. I love worship services because at a time like that, you're vulnerable. You're not trying to impress nobody. You're not trying to impress your neighbor by how you sing, by how you, you can jump, but by how good you look when you, when you worship. I, I remember I was, I was just like you guys, junior, senior, Lane tech. I would go to youth group, right? And everybody, when the fast song comes, we're jumping. I wouldn't be the first one to jump. Because if you're the first one to jump, everyone's going to be why are you jumping by yourself? You know, you wait for everybody else to jump. That's the trick. And I just used to watch people observe them. And then when we go to the slow part and we sing, I just remember keeping my eyes open because of, okay, we're raising our hands because you don't want to be the only one raising your hands. I remember so many times I was so concerned about myself, you know, just the way I looked at what people around were doing and just like if I fit in, that I wasn't concerned about if I fit in with God and His Spirit and what He was saying to me. So I lost it. I mean, it got emotional. I mean, it sounded good. Maybe I I'd probably never cried. But when I got saved, I, I didn't care. Oh my gosh, I'm the biggest cryberry. Cryberry. <laughs> 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 Cry baby in the Spirit. You can you can see, like I, it's not that I'm sensitive. Like I'm, I'm, I let out my emotions, but God does that. He has a way of just speaking, and it's just awesome when He does. And, and that's the relationship that I have with the Lord. And, you know, you guys have your own individual relationships. I'm not saying that if you get more mature in God, you're going to start crying a lot. <laughs> like, why are you crying? You cry, you're close with God. It's like, that's not what I'm saying. But the idea here is that we have a relationship with God. And this same relationship that we have, He desires for all people. If you're in this place and you don't have a relationship, a close relationship with God, God desires a relationship with you, an intimate, close, personal relationship. And we're talking about this because the church, God's church, he said, you now go out. They're not going to see visions of angels. They're not going to see all the, you now go out, be my hands and feet. That is amazing how God places us. He gives us an authority now you go out and do it. What I've done, you go out and do it. Do you see me cast out demons? Now you go out cast out demons. You see me preach the word? Now you go preach the word. You see me feed the sick? Now you go feed the sick. Feed the hungry? Feed the hungry. You see me heal the sick? Hallelujah. You go heal the sick. It's a relationship. And, and one of these things that brings to mind, is like, man, first of all, When we're talking about evangelism, when we're talking about reaching people, for them to know that relationship, we have to know what God is like. We just have to know. Because how can we go and tell somebody about a God we don't know? How can you go and and talk about something you have no clue about? Right? I'm a big sports fan. I love sports. I love keeping up with uh, the Bulls. My favorite team for baseball is the White Sox. Amen. How many Cubs fans do we have in this place? Get up, get up! Okay, that's how we know who we gotta pray for at the end of the service, so if you raise your hands, we wanna pray for you guys. But here's the thing, I like keeping up with sports, and, and I know what I'm talking about. If I ever get into a conversation with another guy, we're talking about sports. Like, if we're talking about basketball with some of you guys here, you know, after service, I just thought, hey, you know, you watch the games and, you know, we talk. You can tell somebody doesn't watch basketball if you're talking with them and they say, yeah, man, you see the way, like, you know, and they named this old school player or something like that doesn't even play today. Yeah, man, he had like 30 points. Like, what in the world? Magic Johnson Johnson or Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, he dropped like 80 points. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you were just straight up silly. Like, you know, they they try to make it seem like, oh, I'll probably watch the classic games. You, know, you have no idea what they're talking about. And, you know, it's funny because sometimes in the church, uh, people that would come to church and probably wouldn't have a close relationship with God would be the very same people that would go out and be the most talkative about the Lord Jesus Christ. And what sometimes can happen is that people with little knowledge and little relationship with the Lord that, that go out and share this is who God is, this is what he does, and this and this and this. And sometimes they, it can just be bad news. I'm not saying it's always bad, but um, I'm talking about if you want to know who, what God is like, look to Jesus. And that is the point. We're going to start there. When we talk about God and when we experience God, you ever want to know what he's like? Man, I wonder what he's like. Look to the story of Jesus. God in flesh. You don't need anything else. Like, man, I want God to do this. I want God. He himself came from heaven. Jesus. The fulfillment of God God in flesh And it was just amazing Some of the things that he did He was just no ordinary person Some of the things Some of the stories I have highlighted in my notes The woman at the well in John 4 Verses 4 through 28 I'm not sure if you're familiar with that story The woman at the well with Jesus But here's a woman Who was in adultery Who had four husbands Hello somebody You think you messed up by having two husbands. This lady had four. She was messed up. And here she was sleeping around. And people know that about her. She's despised. People don't talk to her. People shame her. You know, she's selling her body like as a whore. And uh, here Jesus comes at this well. He's been, you know, walking around all day. He's tired. He comes to the well. He looks to the woman uh, and she was a different race. She was a Samaritan. At that point in time, Jesus was a Jew. And, and it was custom. And that time, you, Jews don't talk to Samaritans. Whether guys with guys, girls with girls, or guys with girls or girls with guys. You just don't talk to them because they see each other as less. It was kind of maybe something like, you know, white and uh, blacks in the... Uh, And the slave trade and all these different things. You don't talk to them because they're they're not equal with you. And that's kind of what it was with a Samaritan and a Jew. Being much so, Jesus being a man, a Jewish man, and she being a Samaritan woman. The cultural law was you don't speak with them. And Jesus, he was always breaking cultural laws. He didn't care about what people said. He didn't care about you know these man-made rules, these traditions that we do. Or you gotta pay a pray to the patron saints. You gotta do no, no. See, we made up all these rules, and and Jesus goes and he, and he talks to this woman. Woman, I'm thirsty. Give me something to drink. And she said, Wait a minute. You're not supposed to talk to me. You're a Jew. What's going on? And, and long story short, Jesus starts putting out his, her, putting out her business. He says, Woman, go back to your husband. And she said, I have no husband. He Said, Indeed, you have not, because you've had four. Well, somebody about God reading your, your email or your, your, what's that? God reading your mail. Called her out. He knew exactly who she was. Yet in that whole entire time, Jesus' conversation, Jesus' attitude towards this woman, when everybody had rejected her, he paid attention to her and he was talking with her. And what did he do? He restored her. A woman who was looked down upon, who was an outcast. Who many people would walk by. Even the Jewish people, even the religious people would walk past like this woman. And Jesus himself comes and restores her. And she becomes one of the very first evangelists. And she was a woman. It's amazing. You want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. How about this one? The man with leprosy. Luke 5 verses 12 to 15. Here is a man. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with leprosy. But it's a very, very uh, uh, life-ending disease. Leprosy is, uh, when you catch it, it makes your, your hands and parts of your body go white. What happens is, you stop losing feeling in your hands. They become dead skin. And what happens is, your skin starts to fall off. It starts to fall off. There have been accounts of people with leprosy when they, they scratch the ear, the ear, Ew. their hand, their fingers start to fall off. People with leprosy now have numbs. If you see pictures of it, it's, it's totally destroying people's lives. It would it would eat away at your skin. The moment you had leprosy, you'd have to go out from your family. You couldn't be around your children. You couldn't be around your wife. You couldn't be around your husband. You couldn't be around anybody but an outcast and live the rest of your life. And every time somebody came around you, you had to yell out, Unclean! Unclean! To let people know because if they got close to you, you can catch leprosy. So you had to yell that out. So you were an outcast. Here is this man who has been outcast. For a period of time, not having physical touch, being rejected. You want to know what God's like? Look to Jesus. Jesus comes up to this man. <laughs> love this. And the man comes up. Jesus sees Jesus. Jesus, because he's hearing all these news about Jesus. Word is traveling. He's not by the crowds, but he can hear all the clamor. Like, man, this, Who is this Jesus guy? And he sees the Messiah and he's like, Jesus, if you are willing, heal me. He says, your faith has made you well, and the man <laughs> becomes healed, he becomes whole, and he gets healed. Jesus comes up and touches the man. You don't do that. With Jesus, he has leprosy. Be healed. Jesus knew exactly who he was doing, coming up and touching the man, and he was healed. I don't know what God's like. Look to Jesus. How about this one? The hearing, the healing of the paralytic man in John five verses one through fifteen. Here's a story of a man who was uh, paralytic. That word paralyzed. We hear that a lot. Paralytic means that you cannot uh, move your feet, uh, parts of your body that are no longer uh, have function. So you're just enabled. There's some people today that are paralytics within the feet. Sometimes you see them in the wheelchairs. You know they they have you know they're in a wheelchair, but. You don't ask what they have, but that's more than likely what's happening. They're paralytic. Here's a man who has been paralytic for, I believe the Bible has said, 38 years. 38 years he had been paralytic. And and, uh, Jesus comes walking by in John chapter 5. And and it's it's by the healing by the pool. That's what the title if you're looking for it. And And he comes up to the man. And this is an awesome question because this man for 38 years has not been able to walk. He's, not, he's been sitting at the same spot on the same mat for 38 years. Jesus comes into town, <laughs> goes right out to the man, looks at him, and he says this. It shocks me. He says, Do you want to be healed? What? He says, Do you want to be healed? Uh, Jesus, he's been like that for 38 years. I would think so. Jesus knew exactly what he was saying. He was asking the man who had been through a crisis, like, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Do you have faith to believe this is going to happen? Yes. Get up and walk. That's it. He doesn't say, he doesn't like, oh, in the name, in the name. Jesus is not doing that. He just says, this is get up and walk. The man, the paralytic man, I can just imagine, when I think about it, I'll give you a visual. If, you're, if your legs are not working, you're like this. For real. I'm honest, like you want to move around just like this. Right? This is it. He tells the man, get up and walk. People are around watching this. This man begins to move his feet. <laughs> Picks up his mat. <laughs> and He's walking. The man who had no feelings, who had no nerves in in his his body for him to get up and do that begins to walk. I love that. You want to know what God's like? Look to Jesus. Throughout each one of those stories, we can tell that Jesus was building relationships. Jesus was so intent, very deliberate about what he was doing. And, uh, um, Talking about evangelism, one of the things that I want to bring home with you is, is know who God is, know what Jesus was like in the area of relationships. One of the biggest things that we do here in this church, that we believe, that Jesus had to do is to go out and preach the good news. Last week I came back from a trip, we, uh, our Bible college goes out to Mardi Gras, the largest party in the nation. And people go out there just to sin, to do horrible, awful things. And we go out there to preach the word of God. Hey, if they're going to go out there to do awful things, we have a right to go out there to preach the word of God. And believe it or not, over 900 people got saved. Amen. 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 Over 900 people got saved. No, it was an amazing time. And, and I noticed that, you know, one of the things that we did after when they prayed, like, man, I want Jesus. They're crying. And we had them fill out these cards. So that we can get to talk to them afterwards and so we can plug them into our church so that we can see how they're doing and build up a relationship. And that's one of the things that I, that I noticed that when we talk about um, evangelism, when we talk about preaching God, you know I'm just going to say? Just go and do it. Just go and do it. One of the things that sometimes we forget as people is relationships. One of the biggest things that the church and Jesus have is a relationship. And one of the things that we, when we go out there to preach the word of God, is begin to have a relationship with the people that we're talking to. I just want to read off some statistics of uh, fatherless homes and statistics from divorced homes. Here they are. And just take it this: 63% of youth suicides were from fatherless homes. of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 85% of all children that exhibit behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists motivated by displaced anger come from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 85% of all youth sitting in prisons grew up in fatherless homes. These statistics translate to mean that children from fatherless homes are five times more likely to commit suicide. Thirty times more more likely to run away. Twenty times more likely to have behavioral disorders. Fourteen times more likely to commit rape. Nine times more likely to drop out of high school. Twenty more times to end up in prison. Statistics from divorced homes. The possibility that teenage girls from single parent homes will give birth to an out of wedlock child or will drop out of high school is two, times, is two times as compared to girls living with both parents. The children who are brought up in single-parent homes display a lesser possibility to marry and more possibility to divorce. 50% of the children in the country are a witness to the break of their parents' marriage. Almost half of these 50% are a witness to the second divorce of a parent. I read all that. And sometimes this stuff doesn't even shock us because we're living in it. Some of us may come from it. And I don't read these statistics lightly to just go ahead and just say this is what's going to happen. I read these statistics so you guys can be aware. It's not a joke. That's why God has called us to preach the good news. And, and I'm so happy that I know what Jesus is like. Because every time I look to the story of Jesus, I get the idea that, like, man... All these people who grew up in this kind of homes, all these people are with these problems, all these people, God wants to build a relationship. God wants to restore. Like the woman at the well who had been rejected her whole entire life after she had done one mistake, God wanted to restore. God wanted to make that man who had leprosy, he wanted to make him whole so he could go back with his family, restore everything that he had lost, give it back so God wanted to restore him. The man who had been paralytic for 38 years, God said, I wanted you to get up be healed. And later on in the story, Jesus comes back and says, hey look, go and leave your life of sin. Stop doing what you once did in the beginning, otherwise it may be worse for you. And I read these statistics and they hit home because I'm looking at us and guys, we're living in the last days. The Bible says that Jesus is going to come back and before Jesus comes back, we're not going to know when he's going to come back. So all these people say he's going to come back May 3rd or he's going to come back April 22nd. None of that. The Bible says it's going to come like a thief in the night. No one's going to know. But the idea is, this. Jesus said this, like he said, look, in the last days, things are going to get messed up. I don't know about you, but when I read these statistics, that seems pretty messed up to me. It doesn't seem normal. It doesn't seem something like, okay, that's fine. And the purpose is, God has called us, God has called you, God has called his church. To go out and do something about it. And I love this. I started off with this because, remember, he gives us his spirit and he says, you go out and do it. One thing I, I noticed about in our evangelism that we have to work on is relationships. Growing with people. And then this may seem like a lesson right now for the people who have been to this church who are calling themselves disciples who are saying, man, I want more of God. But for you people here that are, man, I want to grow closer with God. I want to know who God is for me. It's one of the things that you need to work on in your life that everybody needs to work on is relationships with others. God is intentional about building relationships with people. I have three characteristics, then we're going to close up in prayer about these relationships. Number one, it is personal. It is personal. What I have with the Lord is what I have with the Lord. What Lawrence may have with the Lord is what Lawrence has with the Lord. What what, uh, Melanie may have with the Lord is what Melanie has with the Lord. But it's the same Spirit of God that He wants to pour out on people. It's nothing different. It's not like Lauren gets one thing and I get something else. It is that same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the grave. It's the same. It's personal. Are you in here in this place and can you say to yourself with an open heart, an honest heart and say, I have a personal, I have a tangible, intimate relationship with God. Now think about this. If you answered no, we'll start there. But if you answered yes, I got another question for you. What does that look like? What does that look like? What does your personal close relationship with God look like? Think about that. Does it consist of just coming to church and that's it? That's as close as you get to God? Because if in our mind that's that's the only thing where it happens, just coming to church and that's it, you're missing out. There was always so much more. Think about it. What does in your life a personal relationship with God look like? Have you been slacking on that? Because He's not like a guy who's going to force Himself on you like you're going to be saved. No, I'm saved. No, no, no. He wants you to come after Him. What does that look like? John 17, 22-23 says this, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. Jesus is speaking. He says this, May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. I'll read the last part. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. It's personal. Do you experience that love? What is that like? What is that like? I wish somebody would have just shaken me and just said, Wake up, look, there's, there's something more than what you're coming here and just sitting around in these in these seats with your friends. There's something more. It's personal. And that's when we have these times of worshiping. Mean, that's when everybody feels weird. That's that time when you're supposed to engage with God. God, go closer. One of the things that we do is just pray. We close our eyes. We focus. We say, God, I can't look for you. I'm going to seek you with my eyes closed. I'm going to seek you with my heart. God, speak to my heart. I love you. God, I'm sorry for the things that I've done. But God, I know that you are great. And if you give me your love, God, you just pray. You just pray what's on your heart. You, have, you don't have to feel like you have to say these prayers like to make it. Because that's not real. That's not. Let it come from your heart. Let it come from your heart. You know, this past month we had February, and we Valentine's Day the biggest things, and a lot of guys like to be romantic and put a lot of things on Facebook or just give cards, and they say a lot of things from the heart. It's easy to talk about girls and just say, oh, "This is from the heart, baby." Number three, the little, you know, that little thing. How come there's a heart on Facebook? You know what to talk about. And it's easy for us to convey emotions to other people. I love you. And this and this and this. Why can't we do that with God? There's like this gap, like, man, it's hard for me to say that. It's just, I can't do it like that with I do with this person. That's the same kind of relationship that God would have, personal. Number two, it's built around love. John 13, 34, 35. One of the key ingredients in relationships with people, when we go out there and we preach God, is love. Is love, is love, is love, is love, is love. Because the Bible says that God is love, right? The Bible says that God is love. And when we go out there, we want to let people know God loves you. And I'm not afraid to tell people that. Because the Bible says this, it's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. John 13, 34, 35 says this, And you commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The Bible doesn't say come and pick and choose who you're going to love. I love that. (laughs) We're just talking about love. I love that he says that. Love people. Love people. This entire month, I'm talking with my leadership, and we're going to be deliberate about going out there to the streets where you guys are at and preaching and talking about people about the love of Christ. And you guys can do the exact same thing by saying, Hey, you know what? I don't have to know much, but I just say, Hey, Jesus wants to know you in a personal way. He wants to love on you. And the last thing is this, grounded in truth, John 14, 6, it says this, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'll read it one more time. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I love that. (laughs) Just like saying I love. He said, I am the way, check this out, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm wondering what people might have said at that point in time when this man comes into their town and just saying, I am the way. What? I am the truth. What? I am the life. Okay, he's lost it. Jesus is saying these different things a very profound statement throughout the entire scriptures. Because times prior to that, there are people been coming up and doing different things, like all these different religions. Do you think that when Jesus came around, you don't think there were other religions? If I blow your brain just a little bit. You don't think that there were other people saying, oh, this is a God over here? You don't think there are other people from different lands saying, this is our God? The Bible even says... That one of the temptations, one of the sins that the Israelite people fell into was worship other gods. Not to say there are are other gods. But people started worshiping idols. Then Jesus comes out and he makes his profound statement so that it's clear for all eternity so man and everybody can know. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. When we go out there and we tell people that Jesus is, is grounded in truth. He's not some fairy tale God that we've made up, that we put in our Bible and said, read this and this is what it is. And then, see, it's grounded in truth. And see, when I go out there, when we hit those streets of Mardukah, we don't have to shove something down someone's throat. We can say, hey, this is the truth. And he gives us all the option, the ability to reject or receive him. I am the way, the truth and the life. We're talking about evangelism. We're talking about when we go out there, three things that you need to key on when you're speaking to people and building a relationship. Number one, it's personal. When you go out there and share Jesus with somebody, don't be afraid to get personal. Don't be afraid to be in a relationship with somebody. Not you're going to go out with such and such, but don't be afraid to engage. Like Jesus did. He just didn't walk by. He just say, all right, you better follow me. He came to people's lives and he said, "Hey, follow me." He came to people in their brokenness and said, "Hey, this is who I am." And he showed by his grace and compassion. The Bible even says that children love to be around Jesus. Don't be afraid to be personal with people that you're talking about with Jesus. We're not some kind of church that comes in here and just like, yeah, I ever going to hell? You better come to church." No one ever listens to people when they just come. Did you go to hell? You better come. No, no, no one listens to that. I mean, there may be a time and point where you may just say, hey, look, if someone's playing around, they're in and out of church. Like, dude, dude you got to get right with God. You got to get right. But there is a way. You got to get personal with somebody. Don't be afraid of it. Number two, it's built around love. Love somebody to death. Love on them. All right? When you go into a relationship, don't judge them. Don't want to be the first ones to persecute them. Love them the way Christ did Allow the love of God to flow through you Whether you're in this place You may not go and evangelize But you know what You're sure going to be around your family And let me tell you something Love and family can be hard sometimes Can I get an amen? Don't, oh, don't act like you guys love each other I don't, You guys fight Come on now Am I the only one that gets in fight with families? Are y'all lying? Y'all lying Y'all in church and y'all lying it's built around love. Next time you want to come up and, and cuss somebody out, next time you want to come up and tell somebody off, love on them. Let that be the first thing in your heart. Let me let me tell you something. I love you. Come on now. I'm telling you. It would deflate an argument quick. You said, What? Oh, you love me. I'm telling you, I should. I wish that an example came to mind because I've done that before and I'm just seeing how just faces, is just like man I can't even argue with you anymore what did you have to say that for? you know and number three is grounded in truth we're not here to come and just make people feel better to be in their sin hello? like if you are in your sin we're not here to say well God loves you it's okay you can stay as you are to tell them the truth of God so yeah God loves you but look that's sin and God hates that he wants that out of your life and don't be afraid to accept people even with their sin hello before I was ever right living holy living pure I was in the church hello God didn't wait for me to get right before he poured out his love on me because if he was if he was to wait for me man I would have never been saved you guys hear me today we're His hands and His feet. He will use us. Don't wait for somebody to love you before you can love them back. Don't wait for somebody to be personal with you before you can get personal with them. Don't wait to tell somebody the truth until you know them well enough that so you can feel like you can tell them that. There are some of the things, when we go out, I don't want to challenge you this month to go out and start this... this uh, this um this thing we call evangelism, this relationship that we're going to have that we're going to encounter with people. If you guys can stand to your feet for me, please. We're going to close our in prayer pretty soon. Here it is. I want us to be very deliberate, deliberate like Jesus was. Think about three people. Three people right now that don't know Jesus Christ in, in your life, maybe family or friends. Think about three people. Three people that you can talk to, three people that you can connect with, three people you might see on a daily basis that don't know Jesus. Number one, get personal, get into their lives, be their friend. Number two, build around love. Love on them. This is it so hard to love somebody? Love somebody Give it a shot I'm telling you It will change your life Number three It's grounded in truth Get the word of God Get Jesus to them Get Jesus to them Don't make it into an argument Get Jesus to them Three people that you want to share with this week I'm challenging Some of us may not be doing it Some of us may Listen I'm telling you, Pastor Joe, when I was in the youth group, I was a junior in high school, and he started He said, hey, get three people, and the very same thing that I'm doing with you, he did with us. And three people, Lane Tech, they're all baseball players. There was Danny, it was Elliot, and it was Zach. Crazy fun thing here, yeah? you ready for it? Zach got saved, started going to church. Elliot got saved, started going to church. Danny came to church, didn't get saved. Today out of the three, one serving the Lord. Well, Adam, man, you're one for three. At least I got one. Huh? At least I got one. Mm -hmm. Elliot right now, he's in Philadelphia. He's studying for his uh, architecture degree. And he's in the the discipleship process we have here at the church. One of my good friends. He's saved and going to heaven. Because I did something about it. There's somebody out there. That their destiny, where they go, where they're going to spend the rest of their life, will depend on you. And God will use you. And God is saying, wake up. Go talk to your mom. Hey, wake up. Go talk to your brother. Hey, wake up. Go talk to that friend that no one talks to. Go talk. Wake up. Amen. Let's just close our eyes and just end in prayer right now. Father, I just thank you for every person here, God. I thank you that you have called us into a relationship with you. I thank you for your son Jesus Christ that we can know what you're like. And Father, I pray for every student in this place. God, I pray that they would become more and more like you. That God, it's not a race, it's not something that they have to be ashamed of. If there's some things they're working out, Father, I pray that you would work it out now. And as I'm praying right now, if there's some things in your heart that you know are not right, if there's some things in your life that say, Man, you know what? I need that Jesus. I need that God. I want you to take these next couple of moments right now and just say, God, I want you for myself. God, I repent for my sins. God, I've made some mistakes and I'm sorry for that. But God, I know that your son Jesus Christ came to die on a cross for my sins. And I accept that by faith, that the work, that what you did on that cross was for me. That I no longer have to be in sin. I don't longer have to feel like a guilty conscience. I'm free from that right now. Right now, in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for these youth in this place, God. That God, when they leave this place, God, they will be reminded of who you are and what you're doing. And Father, I pray that you would keep on continuing, God, for the the amazing stories that we're going to have this month, Father, of the people that will get saved, Father, through these... Through these people here today, through these youth. Mm -hmm. God, I pray that you would do it, you would do it, you would do it, you would use us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can give the Lord a hand clap of praise. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just really quickly, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go through some of the announcements that we had today. I'm going to go through uh, some of these things. And at the end of service, today, right now, what time is it? Can someone give me the time? 8.52.
1: 8.52.
2: Perfect. After this, we're going to have a time of breakouts And then we're free to go Amen Look to your neighbor and say, you still awake? Some of y'all were sleeping I should have thrown water on all of you guys were sleeping Hallelujah Amen Amen, 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 amen We just got some quick announcements Guys here at Metro Praise We're a church We believe in this vision Can you guys read it with me? One, count on three. One two, three Loving God and loving people That is our heart and this month, like I said, we're talking about evangelism. We want you to do it. We're going to be at your high schools, on the streets, preaching, witnessing. I mean, we might even bring out our sound systems and start rapping, start singing at your schools. I mean, it's going to go crazy. Cops are going to come. They're going to start shooting. Hallelujah. It's going to be, oh, snap, Jesus. You know what I mean? Not that serious, but, you know, I'm just making it a little extra, a little more entertaining for you guys. Uh, strategy is connect, mentor, ascend. We definitely believe in this connect you to the cross. One way you connect is at a life group. I am moving my life group back to a Saturday. My life group will be Saturday at six o'clock. And one of the things that we wanna start doing is start having life groups at your crib. Uh oh, oh snap, oh snap. That's one of the reasons we wanna do. We wanna have a party at your house because we know you gotta, I'm telling you. Like growing up, I went to my Puerto Rican side of the family. Whenever we threw a party, we threw a party. I'm talking about those giant speakers, right? That's a box like this big, is that tall. It's just a speaker. It's nothing else, just, it's a speaker, boom, boom. I remember growing up, my, see some of the family was not say that, we used to listen to Elvis Crespo. You know what I mean? Suavemente, you know what I mean. You know, don't act like you never heard that song. Don't act like it. But I'm telling you, just remember like bumping. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna bring our Jesus music and just go down, amen? So we want you guys. Saturdays at six, and Cynthia Sundays at two o'clock. Amen. And, and after all this, we're going to break into our, our life groups. Uh, discipleship, discipleship, discipleship. Last week I asked you, what's stopping you from getting into the one-on-one? We are about to graduate some of our one-on-one students shortly soon. Um, but it makes sense. But. You know, they're going to be graduating. And guys, we want you guys to be a part of the discipleship process. We don't want you to come just because you, we told you to come. I mean, that'd be great, but we want you to come because you want God. Because look at, it's my relationship with God that's on the line here. Right? I want to know as much as I can about Jesus Christ and we want you to get there. And it's a maturity process that happens. So join the one-on-one. Uh, we are having it now Sundays, uh, the beginning of service. Okay? So if you're more interested in that, come to myself or Cynthia in the back. Amen. Our goal here, after we've done all that, so we've connected you, we've mentored you, then we send you back out. You just go back to where you live, like your family, your friends, and say, "Hey, this is who Jesus is." And you bring them on, and they start the exact same thing. Amen. Chicago, S U M. Every time we get to this, I love that bird. I love the Holy Spirit. I just look so awesome. Doesn't that look cool. That's a bird on fire. For real, I like, like you see one of these every day. I love that because it reminds me of the power of God. The Bible says this, check this out, that our God is an all-consuming fire. fire, all-consuming. And I like this illustration, you know how gold, anybody have anything gold on right now? Are you wearing anything gold? You're wearing something gold, what are you wearing? A chain, what are you, what are you wearing? A girl, a shirt logo, what's wrong with you? real gold, the actual gold, my man. He's wearing a gold ring. That's what's up. Gold, before you can wear it Before you can fit it on It has to be molded It has to go through fire Because it gets the impurities out You know what's funny When they went to the 49ers And you know when they were looking for gold in the gold rush They weren't looking for shiny things They looked for a small shiny thing And they would take that And they would melt to get the impurities out it would come out with a whole chunk of gold That's awesome So that's what the Bible talks about God being an all-consuming fire And taking out the mess In your life In my life and if you've been set free from some things, can I get a "well"? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Next slide for me, please. Missions, missions. I love that this month we're talking about evangelism, and guess what? That ties perfectly into missions. Um, guys, on a serious note right now, if you can learn that music for me. There was a pastor, I believe who was in Iran, he was persecuted for his faith. He was sentenced to death uh, for being Christian. He said he had a family and everything, Christian pastor. Being Christian costs people something. Coming to this very service in some countries would cost people their lives, cost this pastor his life. You know, we have churches around the world, 500 churches around the world. We have them right now. Every time you think about them, pray for them. Please pray for them. If you can't give to them, pray for them. God listens to prayer. Because we want them to go out and preach the word of God. Some of our pastors have been beaten. I've actually met Pastor Madhav. I've been to Nepal, and this guy says, Yeah, yeah, I've been beaten. I'm like, What? For sharing Jesus for loving on people? Yeah, I've been beaten. I would never know that. Because if someone came up to me and started beating me I'll fight right back. You know, I hit a knee, I'll knock you out. This is America. Over there they're the, you know, it's just like there's so many of them over here, I got my freedom of rights. <clears throat> you know what I mean? But I don't want to take away the seriousness of that. It's just that it's happening. You know? This thing about them, let's keep them in prayer. At the beginning of every month, we always give to missions. Uh, so this tithe and offering that's collected right now is specifically for missions. Our tithe is 10% of our total income. And an offering is whatever you offer to God after your tithe. The Bible teaches that. I don't know if you've ever been taught that. Let's see how much money I have in my pocket. One. What's, what's 10% of $10? A dollar. So this is my tithe to the Lord, right? Right? That's an example, right? It's a tithe to the Lord. And whatever I have left, whatever the Lord puts on my heart to give. Oh, snap, look at that. It's making it rain. It's making it rain, just throwing money at you guys. Best youth group ever, right? So look, there's $10 in my pocket. My tithe is a dollar. But if I want to give God more, that's okay. Hey, God will take it. And the money that you give extra, guess what? It goes to the nations. We give it to them. 10% of 902 is what? $90.20. Hallelujah. I still got it. Still got it. Amen. Let's read this on the count of three. We're going to break out into breakouts. And DJ wouldn't have his track. That's bumping. Okay. Acts 20.35 says this. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Father, I pray, God, the Lord, you would help us get these slides right. Father, I pray, God, that you would use us to be a blessing to the nations, God. God, I pray that you would bless these students. Uh, Father, to be able to give to your church, God, and bless what you're doing, Father, in different places all around the world, in India, Nepal, Father, Pakistan, God, we just declare a blessing and favor for them and the churches and the people there, God, may you provide for the pastor's needs, Father, may you provide for the people, Father, God, for their congregation, for them to go out and do uh, evangelism services, God, to reach more people, God, that is our desire to see your kingdom grow. Father, it's not about what we can do, but what your spirit enables us to do. So, Father, I pray you put it in our hearts today to give uh, above our tithe, God, to your kingdom. I pray this in Jesus' name. Come on up as you give. DJ, play that track. And once you give, you guys can do me the favor and break out into life groups. JC Soldier's over here, and you have my saints in the
1: corner.
2: Man, man, two minutes and we're gonna break back in. or I love Seconds.
0: I'm not going to talk you it. I'm going to about it. I'm
2: our fellowship we love you all see you guys at life group and sunday um,